Well, welcome to the next episode of our Christ-centred cosmic civilization podcast. And now we're going to start examining the structure of reality, the structure of the cosmic civilization, the heavens and the earth. Um, and this may take us a few episodes because we'd like to, first of all, look at the kind of basic structure of reality and that it's much bigger and uh, more complex than the post-enlightenment um, very limited view that we've be kind of become used to. We've settled for a way of viewing the universe as a very flat, meaningless mechanism and uh, the the it's an efficient way of looking at the universe. Um, so, you know, you could look at uh, a mountain and if you say are a coal, um, a coal miner or no, maybe not coal, but, you know, if you say just after minerals, you look at this entire mountain and for you, you'll say, ah, there is, I estimate there is, you know, 6,000 tons of um the mineral I want in that mountain. And so the mountain to you just becomes that. And every other aspect of the mountain, um, its beauty, its vegetation, any other minerals or things in it, caves, animals, um, its role in precipitation for the region, so its social aspects, uh, history, Everything, all of that is phased out because all you care about is you're like, no, the only thing that concerns me is the extraction of this particular mineral and I have explosives that I can use to to obtain that. And so uh, we've been used to a flat view of the universe. Now that flat problem of a flat, um, hugely reduced view of the of what reality is. Let's call it what reality is. Um, we're going to explore in the coming episodes in greater depth. Uh, but we'll begin um, just by recognising the basic l structure of the cosmic civilization. That, as the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and in this episode, we just really want to focus our attention on that, the heavens and the earth. Like when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, begin with our father in heaven. And it's as if that's the anchor point. So if we want to live in the right way, in a truly human, rational, um, meaningful way, we constantly have to come back to the anchor point for the entire uh, universe, the whole of cosmic reality. The, and we go to the source of the cosmic civilization, which is the Father in heaven. But when we say heaven, though, what is this heaven? What is heaven? What does it mean that our Father is in heaven? Well, that question is a bigger one than we can unravel right now, but let's just think of the word heaven. That's perhaps enough for us to begin to unravel. The Bible tells us that there are three heavens and that the the throne room of heaven, where the Father sits enthroned, where he's established his throne, 
that the father is established his throne in the third heaven. The first heaven is the place where birds fly around, clouds float. The second heaven is the place where we think of science fiction and spaceships and things. I mean, in truth, we, you know, we only uh, just get to the moon and occasionally throw things out a little bit further than that. But uh, in our mythologies, modern mythologies of Star Trek, Star Wars and endless other ones, we imagine that this second heaven is a kind of playground for stellar civilizations, Klingons, Romulans. Uh, well, there you go. That's a bit um, Star Trek-y, isn't it? Um, but Star Wars in a galaxy long ago, far away, all that sort of thing. Uh, we'll come. We'll have to look at the second heaven in a lot more detail in a future episode. But um, so the first heaven, birds fly around. Second heaven, science fiction, space, that sort of thing. Third heaven, beyond all that. One of the ways I find it helps me to grasp this and uh, uh, appreciate the nature of cosmic reality is I go through a kind of imagination process. And people who know me um, know that I, I frequently go to this sort of exercise of expanding the mind and, in a way, the heart as well. Um, and if you want to do this in this podcast, um, you might even want to close your eyes for a couple of minutes while we imagine a journey through the heavens. And... To do this, we can do it imaginatively because um, the first heaven we kind of observe in different ways. The second heaven, we've in the modern times, we have certain kind of telescopic imagery. We also have a vast amount of mythological um, imagination of the nature of the second heaven in science fiction, things like that. And then the third heaven, we're going to, we, of course, we have no uh, direct visual, um, I assume. I mean, some of you may have had visions of the third heaven, but for most of us, we don't have very much visual information directly other than as it is described in the scriptures, which it is on several occasions. So we, we must rely on that. But anyway, let, let's just take time to sort of just settle into this because we want to kind of break through the small prison of perception that the post-Enlightenment world confines us in. And we want to allow ourselves to kind of breathe in the fresh air, the open space of the whole of cosmic reality, the Christ-centered cosmic civilization. So um, imagine uh, maybe that you're standing on... Maybe if you've been on a very tall building, a very tall building, and you're uh, overlooking everything you can see, and it feels as if you can see for miles around, um, and the sense of the vastness of of this of this heavenly space around you, what we might call the atmosphere, the sky, uh, 
And it can feel, some of us have a feeling like if we're on a very, very tall building, we look over, it's like, it, it, it can feel crushing and terrifying because of the sense of height and size of that. Um, but you may have been on a tall mountain, a very, and that's much taller as you've been on a very tall mountain. And again, the, you may even have been above clouds and you've looked down on clouds from the top of a mountain. And that sense of uh, the vastness of this atmosphere, sky, the the first heaven. Um, we and, and if we have been on a an aeroplane, and again looking out and seeing the earth and the sky stretching away for long, long distances, and looking down on islands below in an ocean, and appreciate. The this flight. If think about again, if you're on the mountain or the tall building or whatever, and you see flying creatures, birds of different kinds, or even and and they are soaring through this vastness of the first heaven, and that sense of uh, speed and freedom that they kind of have, and uh, and how they can suddenly descend at great speed and so on. And then think about the clouds. There's a lot about clouds in the Bible. They have a great kind of significance to do with glory and this sense of orders of being that are above us and so on, and the clouds that move about in this first heaven. And sometimes if you can bring to mind, um, you may have seen amazing cloud formations as a Christian, I'm imagining that you obsess a little bit about clouds and cloud formations and particularly at sunrise and sunset, tremendously spiritually important moments every day as the, as the darkness is defeated and as a new cycle of day begins in the evening. And often it's at those times that the clouds take on such a powerful uh, aspect and so this first heaven, if we can take time to just appreciate that with the birds, the clouds, the vastness of it, how awesome it is. We can be awestruck, awestruck by the size and glory of the first heaven. And we um, live and move within this first heaven. So we are able, uh, climbing up ladders, or even just standing on the earth, we are upright so that our feet are on the ground, but our head is in the first heaven. Our head is in the heavens, the first heaven. And we can climb ladders and buildings, mountains, and get up, high up into this first heaven and experience something of heavenly reality by doing that. So we are, cre the uprightness of the human frame is tremendously important. We've been designed to operate in this upright way as a kind of important mediator between earth and heaven. So let, we've got that in our minds. Now then, imagine then that you, uh, on the top of the mountain, you're viewing all of that. Now imagine that you're rising up into the air and uh, that you, you're getting higher and the mountain, perhaps, that we were imagining standing on, 
that's falling away below us now and we're we're accelerating up higher and higher and um you may have seen this sort of thing on a, on in a, in a special effect on tv and a graphic representation of this but imagine moving out through the first heaven up high high above the clouds and now we can see such a vast area of earth below us and now imagine that we're beginning to go out into the second heaven and maybe now we can imagine planet earth below us and uh, we can see the whole of earth below us and we're just beginning to touch into what we would call the second heaven and we might see there's the moon this like much smaller sphere the faithful witness away there and we're moving out now across what we call our solar system these this uh where the sun governs these bodies and we see planet earth receding away with the sun in the distance imagine now that we're picking up speed we're going through the solar system saturn jupiter they're all there we see them moving away and we're moving out and then we're going out beyond our solar system entirely and even that all the our sun and our planets and earth and they're all just disappear into just this one source of light and our solar system becomes kind of mixed in with other star systems as we move out across our galaxy which we call the milky way and there are many many stars thousands millions of stars in our one galaxy vast vast and uh, just as we saw clouds in the first heaven and those clouds seemed like so awesome and huge and powerful in that first heaven now as we travel through the second heaven we see new clouds nebula clouds that's that are you know so huge that they we can't really conceive of them on our scale a uh, cloud nebula clouds of unimaginable power uh, and, and and glory and uh, there are planets stars solar systems clouds the creatures and clouds that move across this second heaven seems so so much more than the creatures and clouds of the first heaven and if we now think back to that first heaven now that we're going across the second heaven in our mind and now even the milky way galaxy is there we can see the whole of it and other galaxies start to come into view and we see them and they are can they contain millions of stars and star systems how small and insignificant the first heaven might seem to us now as we remember the earth which is not it's not even a tiny speck among the stars right now we cannot hope to see earth on this scale of the second heaven it's just so small it seems so it seems so if we allow that perspective to govern us 
So imagine we're traveling beyond the Milky Way galaxy. We see other galaxies. We still travel on. And there's millions of galaxies bewildering in their variety and immensity and things, uh, structures of reality, light, beauty, clouds, formations that really, at the moment on Earth, we cannot really imagine or observe in any way. But, and now, and this next step that we've got in mind is is really hard because we're, that when we have no um, visual references. But imagine, if you can, if you can make this leap and how you think of this, it doesn't really matter however you are able to do. But could you imagine moving in some way beyond this second heaven, moving to a higher dimension of reality. It's not so much just the geography of this movement. It's kind of, it's almost like a metaphysical. It's something where you're moving to a higher level of reality and entirely now moving up beyond the second heaven into the third heaven the highest level of reality. So just as once we felt that we were moving from the first heaven into the second heaven, and then once we'd done that, that first heaven seemed so small and like belonged to such a different order of reality almost when we when we felt ourselves doing that. The same will happen now. As we, the second heaven, while we're in it, seems like the absolute ultimate level of reality unimaginably important and large and significant. But then as we move into this higher level of being, it just shrinks down to the same sort of proportions that the first heaven did. So the distance between the second heaven and the third heaven is is uh, at least, is probably much more, but at least as much as the distance between the first heaven and the second heaven. So now that we are moving into this third heaven, highest cosmic, heavenly reality. Now the second heaven just seems to shrink down to something so small. Can we imagine then that the whole of the second heaven, the whole expanse of the galaxies contained within it, uh, all of that is easily contained within the infinite and incomprehensible wonder of the third heaven. So imagine then going beyond the limits of the galaxies of the second heaven and into something so much more, something that blows apart all the categories and limits that we try to grasp, that we comfort ourselves with our little categories and systems to make sense of life on earth and life in the second heaven as best as we can probe that and observe it. But there's a level of reality now that is so categorically beyond anything we can understand. It's like, I mean, some people have drawn the analogy that if you imagine two dimensional shapes flat on a page and then encountering three dimensional reality, and the difference between those two scales of reality, what? how would two-dimensional uh, things make sense of three-dimensional reality? It would seem so strange, almost incomprehensible. They don't 
not having the categories, the perspective to see what it is that is going on. That is what it seems to be like when we interact with this third third heaven. People, when they try to describe it, language fails them. Those that have uh, interacted with it, seen it, they struggle to find uh, language that does it justice. In fact, um, in the Bible, at least one author says that it cannot be described and should not be. It's almost illegal to even articulate what it is that's in that third level of reality. So we are imagining this level of reality that's as far beyond the galaxies as the galaxies are beyond our clouds and birds. And the entire universe with all its galaxies is now a mere splash on the floor of the mighty celestial ocean of the third heaven. And the creatures and clouds that move about in this third heaven are so much greater and more wonderful than anything we've seen before. So remember, we saw when we're in the first heaven, there were birds and clouds and things like that, and they were wonderful to us at that level of reality. And then in the second heaven, we were aware of much bigger clouds, nebula, and much bigger creatures moving through that heaven. Huge planets and stars. And they seemed in that that context absolutely awesome. But now that we are arriving at the highest level of reality, the creatures and clouds of this third heaven, so much greater, more wonderful, um, and the stars even become small here. Um, And these kind of the winged creatures of this highest level of reality are Uh, Well, even mature Christians in the Bible, um, even though they know nobody must be worshipped other than God alone, have a tendency to even attempt to worship the creatures that are in this highest level of reality, even though they know they shouldn't. Well, imagine then we're entering this. It's difficult for us to describe anything more of it, though there's so many scriptures that we we might have in mind, like Daniel 7 and Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, Revelation uh, 4 and 5, other things like that. And so let's imagine that we're in this level of reality and we look up and see what seems to be at the centre of everything, a kind of celestial rainbow that has a kind of green uh, hue to it. This like It's like such an explosive um, fountain of life and, and green is the colour of life. And so right at now at this highest level of reality, there's this explosive source of light and life and the light is kind of refracted into the celestial rainbow that has this greenness about it because such is the intensity of the life that comes from this light. And then right at the heart of all that is is, is like a throne. And so immense and glorious is this that the entire universe is dwarfed by it. And as 
Isaiah says that every all the nations of the world, all the things that we think are so heavy, do not even register on the balances to the one who sits on the throne. Now, on this throne sits someone. That's what uh, John says. Someone. Um, Daniel describes him as the ancient of days. Jesus says directly, just says that's our father. But at his side, and, and that someone on the throne will come back to him more carefully in our future study. What kind of visual appearance is relevant to him and what he's like and what he does. But at his side is a strange and glorious son of man, the Lord Jesus, the Christ, who is the uh, the, the emperor of the Christ-centred cosmic civilization, And there, uh, surrounding this father and son is the Holy Spirit in seven forms, the sevenfold spirit who uh, gives life to all things. Around these three, who are the living God, we sense millions, hundreds of millions of creatures of staggering wonder and beauty and power. And there are sort of structures and hierarchies among them that are difficult for us to understand, though we will come back to them soon to attempt to understand something of the nature and structure and hierarchy of the angels. But that those three who are the one God at the centre of all reality in that way, the Father on the throne, the Son enthroned with him, the Spirit surrounding them in this sevenfold form, that is the living God with whom we have to do. And that is the kind of scale and grandeur that must always be in our minds as we come back to this idea of our Father in heaven. And so, That's probably enough for us in this week's podcast to get a sense in our minds of just the basic framework of the heavens and the earth. The sense of the scale of it, that it's much bigger uh, and and relates to a dimension of reality that hardly ever impinges upon the modern world because we've kind of shut ourselves into a tiny box and uh, uh, so that we can feel that we're in control, I guess. But it's a very limiting box and prevents us from dealing with reality as it really is. So in our next uh, episode, we're going to come back and continue to uh, explore perhaps that highest level of reality.